Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Oh, Mellow, what is this about, Ref? Are we in a mellow mood? I don't know. Just kind of went with something. Well, I had a lot of work today. Had to find something quick that I knew was a good song. I've I, you gotta you gotta console me and let me veto uh, this sort of yacht rocky thing. You. Yeah. All right, sorry. No more. Eagles. No more Hotel California from now on. No, far from it. It's the Eagles too, and that's kind of yeah. Uh, uh, hey, welcome in, everybody. It's great to have you with us uh, here. It is uh, a uh, Tuesday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show, and uh, we're uh, we're pleased as punch that you are with us uh, here. Uh, it is our Houston Huddle Day. That, of course, is uh, brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy on Memorial Drive. HealthWise Pharmacy puts your health first. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker. So that is uh, coming up. It looks like the, the college football expansion. Remember just a few weeks ago, we were all giddy over this. It looks like that that is done, or at least, well, on life support at least. Uh, A lot to still be ironed out there. A lot of this centers over, well, a myriad of things. One being that 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 damn Rose Bowl. And, I mean, you just talk about, I mean, it's it's always got to be played on New Year's Day. And, I mean, there's years it's not that competitive. There's years it's not that interesting. You don't even have that. I mean, I guess it's a big deal if you're in the Big Ten, if you're a Midwesterner and you can go out to Los Angeles. It's a big deal for the Pac-12. And maybe if we had some more ties or connections to it, you know, here on the East Coast or at least in Eastern North Carolina, I'd get a little more excited about it. But I just, to me, it's, I mean, am I wrong, Ref? In in some years it's kind of must-skip TV on New Year's Day. I mean, there's, not, there's usually nothing else on programmed against it, maybe an occasional weird basketball game. But by and large, it's a, you know, it's just a, it, it, it's nothing programmed against it. Yeah. It's usually about the time I'm, it's usually about the time of day I'll be catching my, my nap before New Year's night. Yeah, no, I you agree. It, it, the yeah. problem is it's the history. I mean, this was the first big televised bowl game. You know, you used to watch the Peach Bowl usually the day before and then watch yeah. the Rose Bowl that day. And it used to have very big you know, implications because the Pac-12 was a solid conference. But now just due to the lacklusterness that has been Pac-12 football for the last you know, half decade, it's been, you know, it's really yeah, lost it's just, its luster. Just, I mean, unless it, it happens to fall into the, to one of the playoff rounds, and obviously the playoffs and the power brokers in college football feel obligated to have something there in this 12-team tournament that would be uh, the road that would include the Rose Bowl. So you can look at two games being played at the Rose Bowl. So apparently the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are the ones putting up the fight over continuing to play the Rose Bowl at 5 Eastern on January 1st or when most of us are going for dinner to the place we couldn't get in the night before on the reservation or, or taking the nap from the night before. Uh, all this over a parade, right? And uh, there's also a great deal, according to to Dennis Dodd, and we're trying to get Dodd on the show with us here, but 
you know, according to his reporting, there's just a lot of rancor right now among the conferences because of what happened with Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. You have the Big 12 is torqued off. You know, now the ACC has sort of joined this bizarre alliance with the aforementioned Pacific 12 and, and Big 10. And, you know, it, it's there's talk now maybe doing the buy. I, it's just, it's a real, it's a real issue. And then there's the group of the f- of five, which has got to have a piece. There's incentive from the other leagues to award these conferences with anything more than 22% of the current revenue split. That is the uh, the big one of the big t- stopping points right now, too. And look, the, the current deal has five years left. Expansion could have debuted in 23, but it looks like that's not going to happen now. So th- this will take a little longer. It will be ironed out because there's too much money. There's too much interest on the table. And there's too much television. Apparently, there's also some people who maybe don't feel like ESPN should be involved. I wonder who that might be. That might be a Big 12 situation. I I just, to me, that's a very interesting uh, story that, you know, is kind of under the, um, coming to light today, I guess, but not that heavily reported. Uh, Several outlets are reporting uh, more news on potential expansion in the American uh, the AAC, of course, saw uh, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston accept the invites to the Big 12. Uh, Brett McMurphy, our pal, now with the Action Network, uh, reported that Air Force and Colorado State are looking to leave the Mountain West for the AAC, and that could happen sometime next week. Matt Norlander with CBS is confirming the McMurphy report. Uh, there are some doubts about uh, Boise and San Diego State. Uh, and apparently they have, I guess, backed out of kind of pushing for this. Reportedly heavily courted, but they balked. Boise thinks they're going to get a Big 12 invite, but I have news for you. They probably would have right now if it were going to happen. Uh, So if this is phrased in a way that makes it seem like um, you know, what's going to happen as far as whether the Rams or Falcons could ultimately decide what to do. So part of this report is, hey, they, they're, they're coming. It could be announced next week. And now another part of this report is trying to indicate that maybe it's they're just going to get invited next week. But I, I would imagine that the invites are already out there and the discussions are, are pretty deep into this thing. So, look, what we do know, uh, back about a month ago, three weeks ago, uh, John Gilbert told us on uh, our Pirate Game Day countdown that the league was going to expand by four. That was a going to happen. Ref, you, you've given me grief for my, if I controlled the world, five-team thing. You'd kick Tulsa out. But that's, you know, that's kind of fun. I get that there would be issues. But let me, let's assume Tulsa stays. You can't bring Army in because that was your big ha-ha grievance with me. But, I mean, you, you still got to go four. 
Now, do those other four come from, uh, as I mentioned, Texas, San Antonio? Is UAB in the mix? Let's assume UAB is. you got to find a fourth, right? You just can't expand it by three. Got to have an even number. And I think some of those teams you named are near other conference opponents, which is a good thing. You won't want teams traveling like to San Diego State. Yeah, I mean, the concept of San Diego is cool, but I just sort of thought, you know, that's a strange problem uh, travel-wise if you're anybody certainly east of the Mississippi or maybe even right there just west of the Mississippi. I I can't see Memphis wanting to make a regular trip out there. Could you? The big problem right now in the Mountain West is – Certain schools have lost faith in that conference as commissioner. His name's Craig Thompson. Certainly, it's been uh, talked about that Boise has uh, issues with the conference and conference members have issues with Boise because Boise's got their own sort of television deal with ESPN for their home games. They control the rights, not the conference. Uh, So if the Rams and Falcons decide to go, decide to split, I think that's a good thing. I don't mind that as far as expansion goes. You know, Boise would be nice, but I guess Boise has in their mind that they're going to go to the Big 12. And do you wait around for Boise? I don't know. Uh, So we've got those stories up at 943thegame.com. We've got some ECU baseball news, another uh, ranking near the top 25 in recruiting for the Pirates. Uh, If uh, We'll get to it in our Pirate Report later in the show, but Phillip will also have uh, some details and fill in the blanks on that. Uh, we've got ECU and Tulane this weekend. They are meeting for the 18th time. Pirates have won 6 of 10 and 10 of 15 in the series uh, and have won 8 of 10 in Greenville. But the Greenies have reeled off three in a row, and the Green Wave have also won four of five against the Pirates. Uh, last year, that game in early November was a Tulane 38-21 win. And, uh, you know, I was real impressed in that game with Pratt, their quarterback. Uh, he is a, a stud, in my opinion. I, I, he's a, so, a true sophomore and is really, really good. Pirates had a hard time running the football. Now, those two great linemen are playing on Sundays. Defensive linemen are playing on Sundays now for Tulane. Uh, and... Uh, 10 tackles for loss and five sacks in that game. It was a tough day for the Pirate offensive line. And then Michael Pratt, three touchdown tosses. And uh, the Green Wave were actually up, if you'll remember, in that game last year, 31-7 to through three quarters. Pirates uh, tried to make it interesting late. Lake Prohl, a couple of touchdown passes from Holton Ehlers. Uh, the final one coming at about the five-minute mark. And then uh, the Pirates just couldn't get going uh after that, and, and look, the Green Wave, uh, that was a, that was a big win. This is a lot different Tulane team. They are coming in one and three, but they've played uh, a pretty tough schedule. They've had to basically headquarters outside of New Orleans. Uh, it is a uh, this is a, a this is going to be a tough team, and, and it's a four point spread, I guess, or that's what it opened at. Uh, and, and I have no issue with Tulane being the favorite in this because I, I just I have that much admiration for their program i think they're a darn good football program they've built something good there and if uh if you don't have a foundation and a program that's going in the right direction what they've had to go through this year in the aftermath of hurricane ida would devastate and pull your team apart so uh we have coverage beginning saturday with our pirate game day countdown fueled by bush light uh we will take the airwaves at 
High noon outside of Town Bank Tower. Uh, I want to give, uh, we, we had some issues with the phone yesterday. We think we've sorted them out to a degree, at least to the point we can give something away. We want to give away now a pair of tickets to the Tulane game, plus a 94-3 the game t-shirt. So as we go to break, we'll take caller uh, five for that. 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263, that's 561-GAME. And uh, we'll take caller five going to break. Announce the winner coming up. Uh, you'll be able to connect with the ref, and he'll uh, he'll take care of you. So caller five will win a pair of tickets to the game this weekend, and a uh, 94-3 the game T-shirt. We got uh, those in stock for you. Uh, when we come back, it'll be Mike Houston joining us for our Houston Huddle on 94-3 the game. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day, you need to tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. It's time to check in with ECU head football coach, Mike Houston. Hey, let's dominate today. As he prepares our Pirates for another big matchup, it's the Houston Huddle. Brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy. Now, here's Patrick Johnson. Pirate football about to enter conference play. The American is a, a tough neighborhood, as we all know. Mike Houston knows it as well as anybody. And uh, the coach joins us uh, here for our weekly conversation. With coach, always great to catch up with you. Thanks for the time as always. Sure thing. Glad to do it. Coach, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming game. Uh, Tulane, and I've always been real, real impressed with Michael Pratt. I, I thought he was really good last year in Greenville. Uh, he's come in, and uh, you know their record's not reflective of it, but they've played pretty well uh, so far. But Pratt, in particular, close to 900 yards throwing the football, 58% from the air. He's kind of that classic pocket passer, but he just seems to make really good decisions. Well, they, uh, you know, they they had the ball late in the game against Oklahoma, down 40-35, driving. Uh, Oklahoma somehow could not, stop, could not stop Michael Pratt. I thought that was a pretty impressive performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he's, he, he's been good each and every week. Now, they obviously had their issues with uh, Ole Miss, but that probably has a lot to do with uh, the talent level of Ole Miss, who's undefeated right now as they go into, I think they play Alabama this week. They do, yeah, sure uh, thing. I think both of them are in the top ten. Uh, pretty good programs. So I I think Michael Pratt is one of the best quarterbacks in this league. And, uh, you know, obviously played well against us last year and just watching him. I mean, he's continued to play well this year. Played well against UAB the other night. Um, you know, I know he threw two interceptions. One of them bounced off a receiver's chest. So I don't think, you, you know, it's hard to credit the quarterback with that one, even though it goes on the stat sheet. But, you know, obviously a talented player, uh, you know, highly recruited out of high school. So, uh, you know, we got our challenges facing him this week. Coach, they were really, really good up front uh, defensively last year, Patrick Johnson, others. Yeah. Where, where are they uh, right now from what you've seen on them from film so far as far as uh, – because that, that up front on both sides of the line, since Willie Fritz has gotten there, to me that's where they've made a lot of strides. Well, the no doubt. And, I mean, you know, the two defensive ends from last year both got drafted third, fourth round, so they're both playing – on Sundays right now. Uh, so, you know, you face you – rare, you rarely see a team that has two NFL uh, defensive ends, but they did last year. So, obviously, those two guys are gone. Uh, and I think they have two solid guys there uh, who have replaced them. 
but uh, you know, it's you know, that's a lot to replace. Um, you know, interiorly, uh, the kids in there uh, return, and uh, so yeah, seventy-seven. I think you know he's slimmed down about thirty pounds uh, from his weight playing weight last year, and you know, I think he's one of the better uh, interior defensive tackles we'll see this year, uh, and he's having a great uh, a great season so far. We got Mike Houston with us, uh, the segment we call our Houston Huddle. Coach has been good enough to take some time with us here. We're talking about the Pirates headed into the Tulane week. Uh, Willie Fritz, uh, probably as fine a football coach as you'll find. I just have a lot of respect for the job he's done at all these different stops along the way, and he's kind of coached at all different levels of uh, college football. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think his daughter worked as a reporter when you were in Charleston, so there's a little bit of a relationship there, but uh, just a class act. And, gosh, what they have gone through this year since Hurricane Ida, uh, you know, to be in some of the ball games they've been in, it's really a testament to the type of program he's built. No doubt. You know, Coach, Coach is probably the person I'm closest to in this league. And, you know, we played each other when I was at the Citadel and he was at Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Laney, she was our sideline reporter when I was there in Charleston. Okay. Uh, and so got to know, you know, him on a personal level, you know, during those years. And uh, certainly I respect the job he's done. Uh, you know, he's he's been at Tulane for a while now. He's been able to build uh, build the roster the way he wants it. And, uh, you know, kind of has, you know, his, his fingerprints all over uh, the program and uh, has done a great job. Uh, you know, we, we uh, talked back and forth. Uh, you know, back when they were displaced in Birmingham uh, and just, you know, I just check in on him, make sure he's doing okay. But, uh, you know, I, I knew he would handle it well. Uh, and his team, uh, that could not have been uh, easy, you know, just picking up and, uh, you know, living remotely. Uh, and uh, so just the you know, credit to him that he's kept the group together. And, and really, they should, have, they should have won the game to the night against UAB three drives there in the fourth quarter where they're down in the red zone and come away with no points. Uh, I know they're kicking themselves, uh, you know, losing by seven in the end. So a uh, good football team we face and uh, a good coaching staff. Coach, it's, fun, it's funny you mentioned the red zone. We were noting it on the uh, pregame show prior to the game against Charleston Southern, how the Pirates had been really, really good in the uh, red zone uh, this year. And that just, that doesn't happen by mistake. There's a lot of things that do have to happen to get that, uh, going, if you will, but uh, when you when would just when you get in that twenty yard line on in uh, section, things do change on a football field. You can be moving the ball really, really well, but just things get a lot tougher. So if you can execute in the red zone, that's a, uh, that usually is kind of the the make or break in a lot of football games, is it not? Well, there's no doubt, especially anymore in today's game. It's what we really focus on. Is you know anymore has come to you know forcing turnovers and you know, how good you are in the red zone. You know, if you if you can make people kick field goals in the red zone instead of giving up touchdowns, you know, you're going to you're gonna have a better chance at winning. And the same thing offensively is when you get down there, you want to put the ball, you know, in the end zone as, as, as opposed to having to kick a field goal. And so it's an area where really y- your offense changes, your defense changes. You know, inside the 15-yard line, it's really a different scheme uh, to a degree. And uh, – we spend a lot of time uh, during the week. You know, we're spending the most time we have ever spent this year on red zone defense and red zone offense. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, it's the priority there. We've seen some dividends. You know, we saw it up at Marshall uh, there on the last defensive snap of the game. You know, that's a, that's, we were in 
a, a coverage designed specifically for that area of the field when, uh, you know, Jaquan got the interception. And so uh, it's, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an important, important piece of the game. Yeah, great point by you to mention the defense, too. That's as big a part of it. And then Jaquan McMillan, uh, who is just uh, playing really, really well for your football team right now. I mean, obviously, it's showing up with the interceptions and, and that sort of thing. He gets honored uh, by the conference in the weekly honor roll for his performance last week. Probably could have been and should have been uh, honored prior to that, quite frankly. But uh, could you just talk about that young man? I mean, he's obviously uh, – uh, one of the more personable guys on the roster, but uh, he's uh, really playing quite well for your team right now. He is. And just, you know, what an incredible young man. I mean, it's, um, you know, I was fortunate when I got the job that, you know, I had a previous relationship with his high school coach uh, and we were able to, uh, you know, sign him uh, during the transition. And then uh, just, you know, building the relationship over the past several years, just, you know, he and I have just, a really a great relationship. I, I trust him completely. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking about just football. I mean, I mean, off the field, uh, you know, the kind of character that he has uh, and just, you know, everything that he's about uh, is, is what I want for all of our players. You know, he's, he's driven to be the best and uh, you know, he, he really didn't have any time for, you know, any reasons as to why he can't do something. So, uh, you know, just proud of him, proud of his development. Uh, and uh, glad he plays for us, and glad he's you know still got several years of eligibility left. Coach, uh, Pirates are two and two entering uh, conference play here. Last time they were two and two prior to the American uh, slate, it was back in two thousand and sixteen. I think there was another two and two season, but the Pirates had already played Navy within the first four games. So, point is, uh, this has been a while. Now that didn't obviously that season predates you and didn't go the way that Pirate fans had hoped, despite a a really good 2-0 and start. Uh, ECU, in this case, has battled back from an 0-2 start. And, you know, I think in a lot of people's minds, if they were being honest, they would have been satisfied. You know how we all like to pick, go through a schedule and pick wins and all that as fans. Uh, but, I mean, not satisfied, but 2-2 but two and two was a, probably an idea in people's heads as ability. Uh, everybody would love to be 4-0 and or 3-1, and one, trust me. But, I mean, to be 2-2 right. two and two and you're sitting here – you know, it's, as Skip Holtz would say, might not be a pretty baby, but it's our baby. Well, it's, uh, you know, we knew we had a challenging preseason schedule. And, uh, you know, you kick yourself, you know, for the South Carolina game because you felt like you outplayed them. Uh, you know, so, yeah, you're saying, I, got, I wish we were three and one. But, you know, two and two against that uh, that preseason schedule, you know, it's, it is what we are. And uh, I think there have been some highs and there's been some lows. And, you know, certainly, I'm disappointed in the way we played last Saturday night, uh, but I'm 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 thankful for the win uh, because you know they don't they don't come easy. You know, as 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 people well know, it's it's hard to win football games at the college level, and so on a night when you don't play well, to be able to you know still come away with a win, uh, you know, we needed it, and man, we'll take it. So uh, and we've got to you know correct the things that we didn't do well. Because we have a you know a pretty steep challenge this week. Yeah, coach, you said after the game that there were a lot of things that were frustrating you. Could you elaborate on exactly was that just that game, or was that something maybe a little more beyond just some things coming off the Marshall win going into the game last week? No, I just it, I was frustrated with you know I 
I, I felt like our kids weren't uh, dialed in Saturday morning. Uh, I thought they weren't real dialed in Friday night. Um, you know, I, I talked to them a lot at the beginning of the week just about, uh, you know, FCS, FBS matchups and, uh, you've you been know, a part of those. Them, some of the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've been, on, I've been on, I've been on the good side when you're at the FCS school. I mean, yeah. multiple times, you know, and I, my team's always played very, very well against FBS opponents. And, you know, so it's, you know, I tried to, you know, press the importance, but it's, I'm telling you, you know, today's young people, and it's just reality, you know, they live on that, uh, you know, that little handheld device, you know, and it's social media has, you know, it's, it impacts them. It impacts them positively and negatively. And, you know, uh, the lesson that they learned, I mean, they were very quiet after the game. They were very quiet on Sunday. You know, they've, and the only thing I told them was you, you're either going to listen to the noise and you're going to listen to the social media stuff and everybody telling you, you know, what you should think out there. Or you're going to listen to us. And, uh, you know, it's, if, 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 you know, they gotta, they gotta choose. And so it's, uh, it's a deal where I've, I've been through a lot of battles and I've, I've coached a lot of football games. You know, it's, I've been 11, 11 years as a head football coach at the college level. And, you know, I, I told him, I said, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to win most of them, but the ones that haunt you are the losses. And, uh, you know, the losses, you, you they're just, they, they scare you to death. They, the, the mistakes haunt you. And, you know, a lot of those things showed its head Saturday night. And, you know, I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep Saturday night. And it's, uh, I think, maybe the only win I've ever had in my career where I didn't sleep after the, after the win. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, the things that popped up, you know, it's the not being, you know, not being on it, you know, focus and mentality. And that's so, so huge. Uh, it, is, it is the difference between, you know, average teams and good teams is the mentality of how you play the game. And, you know, when you, when you are not on it, you know, mentally, then that's, that's when you have, you know, busts in coverage and give up plays. It's when you have post snap penalties, uh, which we had multiple the other night. We have not had them this year and and we had, you know, two or three the other night. Uh, It's when you have, you know, people all of a sudden, you know, the me monster pops up and we have not had that. In a, in a long time and uh you know so you know we nipped those things in the bud on sunday and it's you, you can't let it, it's a team sport and it is a sport where you have to prepare every single week at a high level and uh you know when we do you know we've got a shot to be a pretty good football team and uh you know when we don't we you know it's it, we're in trouble coach what you talking about learning to win and i, and I think there was some of that uh, that had to happen in the program since you took over. I mean, you do, it's a process. Um, sure. Does, no doubt. Yeah. Does, that goes beyond though on the field, doesn't it? I think, and, and just reading between the lines, I think you're speaking to some of that there. I mean, there's ways of, as you it's said, mentality. yeah. Yeah. C- could you elaborate on that? I mean, mentality. That's, yeah, it, it's a mentality thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and I talked to him about it, you know, going into the Marshall game, you know, when, you know, you, you lose a very close game to a, 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 solid SEC team and you know you can say what you want they they came within a hair and knocking off an undefeated Kentucky team last Saturday night uh you know we had them on the ropes and you lost the game okay played pretty well made some mistakes but you lost the game well you know they can't listen to everybody tell them how terrible they are you know they can't they can't let that 
seep into their head because, you know, it, again, it's such a mental thing. And the same thing after the Marshall game. You know, it's the same kids. You know, they played hard against South Carolina. They played hard against Marshall. You know, we won one game. We lost one game. You know, it's the same kids. So, you know, they got to prepare the same for whomever you're playing next as they did for each of those two teams, and they cannot listen to the outside noise. They can't. You know, Nick Saban talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he calls it rat poison. You know, whatever whatever you want to call it, I call it noise. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't because there's nobody that you listen to on the outside is sitting in that meeting room. Nobody that you're listening to on the outside is in that huddle, in that weight room, in that locker room, preparing daily, studying the opponent. You just, you got to focus on the people that are around you in this program. And that's, I don't care what program you're talking about. Yeah. I don't care. You can talk about East Carolina. You can talk about whomever. Uh, and, you know, it's the battle every year with every coach. You know, it's, it's, it's keeping your kids, you know, focused in. I just think the social media stuff and the, and the world that we're in with everybody living on their phone has, you know, really challenged us, you know, with something that, you know, you didn't have five years ago. Well, and it's not necessarily, I mean, it is critics, but I mean, it's also handling praise. That's part of it too, I guess, right? Is that kind of what you're speaking to? Well, no, I mean, I'm talking about parents, friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, students around campus. I'm, t- I'm talking about all everybody that gives you their opinion that, you know, you know that's, that's the thing. Social media. Yeah. When was the last time you saw somebody having a bad day on Twitter? You know? <laughs> <clears throat> everybody's an expert on Twitter and everybody's having a great day. And everybody can tell you how you need to do, you know, do, do whatever. Uh, and it's just not reality, you know? So uh, it's, 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 they just got to filter all that stuff. Yeah. And I, uh, and I'm, I'm all on, a, on a deal right here, but that's you got to manage it all throughout the years. And I think that that's something that they learned. They learned a lesson last week. They learned one the week before. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the fact that we're able to win both those games, you know, if we can learn those lessons, you know, especially with the mental preparation, it's it's only going to help them. I mean, you're still dealing with a fairly young roster, um, even though they've, you know, these kids have at least a year of experience. The ones that are playing. Um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, I think it's, it's important that they learn these lessons and if you can learn a lesson when you win a game, you know, that's, that's even more beneficial. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. And, uh, last thing for you, and I, I want to be fair about it, but did, did, did you have any qualms or was there some discussion? You know, a lot of fans seemed a little perplexed by the play calling late, maybe thought the Pirates should have been running the ball at the end rather than passing it just to run some time. Where are you on that? Well, you now we did run the ball when we got the ball back with two, right. you know, two thirty to go. Right. right. Yeah. You're, you're talking about with about five minutes to yeah, go in the yeah. game. That's yeah. That, I mean, that's just, and again, coach, that's just you know that's something I'm hearing a lot of. I right. just wanted to have the. I, I want to give you a forum to you know be able to to yeah. answer those questions uh, when we visit with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, our, our offense coordinator called a pass on first down against uh, a run look uh, defensively. Uh, and we didn't execute it. And unfortunately, we didn't, you know, weren't able to bleed some time right there. Um, you know, ran the ball on second down, ran some time off the clock, had it third down. You could run it on third and long, uh, and that would take time off the clock. Uh, you know, we chose to try to get the first down, mm-hmm. you know, with about five minutes to go in the game. Uh, and that's a different deal when you get it back with, yeah, right. uh, you know, yeah. two, two whatever on the clock. So, um, 
you know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, you know, if you run it there in that situation with five minutes on the clock, if you run it three times, uh, don't get the first down, you know, you'd be getting criticized for not throwing it. Right, right. So, you know, you throw it there, you get criticized for not running it. You know, at the end of the day, you can't worry about, you know, you can't worry about those people's opinions, to be honest with you. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, we've been in a lot of late game situations and, you know, if, uh, you know, if, 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 if you, if you can, if you can manage them correctly and get the win, that's the most important thing. Coach, would you say kind of regaining focus is a big part of this week as you prepare for Tulane and, and what are some of the other things that you'll be emphasizing? Well, I think the big thing is just, you know, preparing, uh, that's, that's the deal. I mean, each week is its own separate deal. Um, you know, you're, you're going into conference play and it's, uh, you know, you're trying to go one and oh each week. And so you can't have really any thoughts on last week. Uh, you can't have any, any thoughts beyond this week. Um, certainly, you know, I've, you know, spent my time with the players on Sunday with, you know, this is why this happened. This is, this is how we need to do things. And, and certainly there are some things that happen in the game that are not indicative of the way I want us to play. And so, uh, you know, I've, we're all on the same page with how, how we want to play. And so we've got to do a great job in preparation and practice this week uh, of doing that. And I said that Saturday night, uh, you know, after the game, uh, you know, I really said it to our kids a lot late in the week last week is you are going to play exactly how you practice. You know, so if you go out there and, and, kind of go through the motions or, you know, you don't, you're not really, you know, intent with the way you practice, then, you know, it's, it's going to show up on game day. So um, I would, I would anticipate a, a very focused, uh, a very physical, uh, a very, uh, you know, a lot of intent with the way we prepare this week. Coach, thanks a lot for the time. We enjoy the conversation with you. We appreciate it much. I appreciate it, Patrick. Take care. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike Houston in our Houston Huddle. Uh, and uh, the uh, Houston Huddle presented each and every week by HealthWise Pharmacy on Memorial Drive, where they put your health first, locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker. That is HealthWise Pharmacy. Uh, good stuff there from Coach Houston. It's a lot of interesting a lot of stuff to unpack. Uh, players heard from some of them today. We'll get to that. Uh, Hey, congratulations to Josh Tripp. He was the winner of our uh, tickets in a 94, three, the game t-shirt. So Josh has got a pair of tickets to the game at Tulane on Saturday afternoon for homecoming and, uh, didn't mention it earlier, but want to, uh, give it a plug here coming up at seven o'clock tonight. I think this could be a great high school football game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Croft Massey, RV scooter. Uh, the ref, the whole gang will be bringing you uh, Rose and Jacksonville. Rampits are uh, winners of two straight. Jacksonville's coming off an enormous win. Uh, close game, a win over previously undefeated Newburn. They've kind of vaulted themselves to the top of the conference uh, standings in the uh, Big East 3A, 4A. Uh, Rampits trying to get into that playoff, and, uh, boy, this would be a big win for them tonight towards doing that. Uh, should be. I think a lot of points will be scored. Philip, do you have like a, an energy drink, or you got some coffee or something? Because you might be a long night at the park tonight. Maybe. Uh, I did have a Mountain Dew earlier, so hopefully that'll okay. be enough. Caffeine up, buddy. Caffeine up. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's get ready for uh, an update. Uh, let's do this uh, right now with uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington. Uh, he'll uh, have more 
on what's going on around Pirate Nation and uh, beyond for you right now. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. We, we will start in the NFL. Last night, the Eagles did not only lose to the Cowboys, but they also lost their offensive lineman, Isaac Similo, Similo for the entire season. The NFL is also, or sources in the NFL have confirmed that Richard Sherman will work out with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On to the NBA, Nets' Kyrie Irving had to miss media day today due to New York City's vaccine requirement to attend indoor events. Andrew Wiggins is not comfortable with the attention that comes with being unvaccinated, and Damian Lillard believes that the Portland Trailblazers are moving in the right direction. On to Major League Baseball, the Dodgers Hall of Fame broadcaster Jamie Jarn will retire at the end of the 2022 season. And with the season ending this Sunday, there are a lot of big games that relate to the playoffs in action tonight. The Braves host the Phillies. The Braves currently have a two-and-a-half game lead on the Phillies for the top spot in the NL East. And moving over to the American League, the Blue Jays host the Yankees, both teams in a large pool of teams fighting for the two wildcard spots in the American League. In local sports, Tyler Sneed talked to the media today and talked about how the Pirates need to do better in prepare, preparing for the game this week. Right, yeah. No, going into that game, uh, he was preaching all week about don't underestimate your opponent. And... Uh, you know, they're a good team. They came out ready to play. Hats off to them. They did great. Um, but, you know, we just got to do a better job preparing this week. And uh, Tulane's a really good team. So, you know, in, in the practice field and on that, we just got to prepare better. Also, Collegiate Baseball put out their top 35 recruiting classes for this year. ECU came in at number 26. And tonight, right here at on 94.3 The Game at 6.50, Rose travels to Jacksonville Croft. RV and Scooter will have the call. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game sports update. The P-Man with the Pirate Report after this timeout. All right, uh, welcome back. Uh, I didn't think uh, this was a... A unknown story, but apparently it is. Um, Joe West, Greenville native, according to reports, uh, going to retire at the end of the season. And I, and again, I, I didn't think, um, I didn't think that that was going to be uh, anything that was uh, unexpected. But I guess he's timed it out where his last game will be at Fenway Park. You like that, don't you, Philip? Uh, well, the Sox are no longer playing any home games, so I guess that means it was Sunday night, and he butchered a yeah. horrible call, so uh, get him out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, so Country Joe, Cowboy Joe, combative, eh, probably a little high opinion of himself, but uh, look, you'll never have anybody umpire that many seasons again. He's been umpiring since 76, 68-year-old Joe West. I, I hope and we... You know, we kind of, when he broke the record or set the record for most games, uh, I know we tried to get him. Henry tried to get him. It just didn't work because of his schedule. He's, he's kind of locked in this time of year. So I think my guess is we'll probably get him some time in the offseason, which is fine because, I mean, that'd be great to have him. And we got to work on some uh, some of our uh, connections with him to get him in here. And I think that'll be fun. All right. Um, let's do today's pirate report, shall we? And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Bobby, bebe, bop, bop. Um, all right, let's, uh, 
looking for this. It's got buried under a bunch of other notes here. All right, uh, let's uh, start with uh, Tyler Sneed. And uh, he talks about uh, how good that this defense is for the two-lane green wave coming in uh, to Greenville this weekend. Uh, they got a really good defense. You know, guys are experienced, um, good all around. They've had close games. Um, I think they're a lot better than what the record shows. But uh, Saturday is another opportunity to get a win, so I'm looking forward to it. Tulane could have won against UAB. Uh, I, I think this is uh, – this will be in the toss-up range. I think the Pirates uh, – it could be the toss-up range because the Pirates are at home. As we mentioned last year, 31-7 was uh, the score after three quarters. Pirates made it interesting, but uh, – just couldn't pull it off. Uh, this is Tyler Steed talking about last year's game, played in Greenville in early November. You know, last year going in, we thought it was going to be a good game, and uh, we were hoping that we could pull it out, but uh, they came out ready to play. Uh, like I said, their defense is really good. It was good last year. But uh, I think we had a lot of bright spots in last year's game, so we're just going to take those into this game. Tyler Sneed uh, talking about the Pirates needing to prepare better this week. Right, yeah. No, going into that game, uh, he was preaching all week about don't underestimate your opponent. And, uh, you know, they're a good team. They came out ready to play. Hats off to them. They did great. Um, but, you know, we just got to do a better job preparing this week. And uh, Tulane's a really good team. So, you know, in, in the practice field and on that, we just got to prepare better. Tyler Sneed on the lack of offensive consistency. Repetition and practice, you know, we worked on it. We've been watching it in film, um, you know, but we, we got to do our job out there on the practice field and how you practice is how you're going to play. So that's on us. He talked about returning kicks. thought I was going to break a couple this week, but um, no, nah, I just got to break w one or two more tackles and, and hopefully I'll get there. So I got to work on that down, down there. All right, and uh, this is Tyler Sneed continuing to break down the two-lane defense. Yeah, you know, last year they, they ran cover three and, and some cover one. So, uh, you know, their, their defense is good. Their corners are good, fast. Um, they got pretty good safeties. So, I mean, same, same kind of scheme this year. Um, got, got some returning starters. But, you know, I think we have a good shot. This is Fernando Fry when asked about what catches his attention about Tulane. Their D-line and their linebackers. Um, you know, they're a tough team. They're a very well put together team. They're experienced and uh, um, they come off the ball hard. They're fast and uh, we really got to take it to them this week. Uh, Fernando Fry adds that the Pirates have to step up and play better. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I mean, even just last week, we didn't play our best game. And, you know, we want to play our best every week. And, uh, we really have to step it up this week because Tulane is our first conference game and um, they are very good and they took it to us last year and we pulled pulled together near the end of the, the end of the game last year but we weren't able to come out with the win so we're definitely motivated to step up from last week as well as step up from last year and play a better game this year. Uh, this is Pirate Offensive Lineman Fernando Fry on uh, setting a goal each day to be better. This week I said uh, to the guys that like, we should um, make every day a goal towards our common goal to win. So what are we going to come up with Tuesday at practice? What's going to be our goal today? What are we going to get better at? What are we going to focus on today that we might have messed up last week? Like. Uh, I'm going to take a better inside zone step, a better mid zone step, or I'm going to work on my, my hand fighting with pass uh, protection. So, um, 
I think that uh, if we can do that and just work on our fundamentals this week, then we're going to play a lot better. Yeah, uh, you know, the other thing is this. I mean, Cameron Sample, Patrick Johnson are not there at Tulane, so uh, that will be, you know, that'll be – they were just such difference makers in the game last year and, and difference makers for Tulane. And, I mean, their defense is still fairly solid. You know, they ran into a buzzsaw with, with Ole Miss. And, you know, again, I, I just – this team's going to be bad. There's nothing they're, – they're not going to come in, even though it could be a really good crowd on Saturday and should be a really good crowd. They're not going to be intimidated by by uh, anything going on uh, in Greenville. They've, they've been to Ole Miss. They've stayed in Birmingham and had to house things there. Uh, it's a good football team. Um, Tegan Wilk uh, talked about uh, apparently getting a little bit of run, talked about adapting to life playing college football. For sure blessed in playing uh, more snaps this, this season, and I'm, I'm proud that the coaches have trust in me to play. But, I mean, the difference in high school and college is definitely the speed and physicality. But I, I think practicing against the offense that we have, it – it really benefits me uh, during the spring and the summer where I'm already in in tune with how everything moves and and uh, just speed of the game. I, I think that is really beneficial for me. Uh, number 24 in your uh, program, number one in your heart, Tegan Wilk. Talks about what they learned from facing a mobile quarterback last week against Charleston Southern. Yeah, I mean, people just gotta stay in their in their gaps. I mean, me personally too. Like, I I rush the edge. I I go on inside blitzes too. So it's it's part of my fault too. So that's on me. Um, but we just gotta make sure we practice that uh, every day and make sure that it doesn't happen again because we don't want to look like that ever again. They won't face a mobile quarterback this week. Uh, there's uh, no two ways about that. But they will face a, a darn good quarterback. Uh, we heard from Coach Houston at our Houston Huddle. That appears for you every uh, week uh, around uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning on Tuesdays during the regular season, our Houston Huddle, our exclusive conversation with Mike Houston. Um, let's uh, real quick just hear from uh, Coach Houston. This is cut five here. I think we, we got time to get this in uh, where he talks about the injury update uh, for the Pirates. Pirates are a little banged up particularly in one position around the uh, on the offensive line. So let's get that update. Uh, and, and Philip, let me know when that's queued. Uh, cut five here on the Vast Soundbite roster. But uh, this is uh, Coach Houston talking about injuries for the purple and gold. I think I think Aaron's, you know, probably back to full go now. You know, the big thing is him, you know, he, he d- just has not been able to practice full speed for a couple of weeks. And you know, it's you, you can't go out there and be prepared to play if you don't. And so I think the big thing for him is just having a great week of practice this week. I know that uh, Coach Harrell was meeting with him earlier today just about, you know, trying to get him back, you know, into the swing of things rotationally. Um, you know, because obviously if, you know, if, 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 we, if we can get him playing at a high level, that just, that just creates so much more depth uh, for us defensively and allows us to do a lot of different things. Uh, you know, with Rob, just don't really know um, the extent right now. Uh, we don't think it's uh, too serious, uh, so but uh, you know we'll know later this week. Uh, and 
That's talking about that right tackle spot. I mean, that is a key spot in this pirate offensive line since you've got a left-handed quarterback and uh, already had an injury there, Bailey Malkovic, and uh, uh, now that other injury. That that makes things tough. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Patrick Johnson show coming your way at 5 o'clock. We'll hear more from Coach Houston. And uh, you can always get a podcast of the show, 94.3thegame.com. It's up uh, usually in the evenings after the program. And don't forget, 7 o'clock tonight, Rose football on the home for the Rampants, 94.3 the game. 7 o'clock, they're taking on Jacksonville here in Greenville. Should be a good matchup. Thanks to the rep, Philip Pilkington. Uh, Patrick Johnson will greet you tomorrow for the PJ Show. <laughs>